Hello and welcome to the Simone Intuitive Podcast, where we dive deep into spiritual wellness and intuitive development. I am your host, Simone, and I've worked as a professional psychic medium, Reiki master, and spiritual life coach for over 13 years. You can find me at www.simoneintuitive.com, on my Etsy store, Simone Intuitive, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I hope you all have had a great week. Time is really flying, and I can't believe it's like May, and it's already May 9th. That's the day that I'm recording this. So I hope you all are enjoying all that the springtime has to offer. Um, I was thinking about how the energy of this time of year is so light and open, and there is a lot going on in the world, but the overall energy is more light and open. And I think this kind of causes us to naturally open up our intuition. And so I was thinking about how our intuition opens up a little bit more. It's it's like a flower, springtime flower opens up in the springtime. I have a lot of people that share that they feel a little bit more intuitive or connected this time of year. So I get a lot of questions around mediumship and what it means and how to cultivate those skills. And so that's what I wanted to have a conversation about today. And mediumship is a pretty, it's a pretty broad topic. So this is probably, I would say a starter conversation to other conversations that are more in depth about specific types of mediumship. So this is kind of like the, we'll call it the intro. So in short, mediumship is mediating conversations between the living and the passed on. Mediumship is documented in religious texts throughout history, and all cultures and civilizations have some philosophies or touch points or dialogue related to mediumship. The views of mediumship in history have been both positive and negative. I think mediumship really surged in the 19th century where there was this big interest in the occult and spiritualism. So, and it's pretty, it's pretty embedded in Hollywood too. Like, you know, there's always movies about haunted houses and how this haunted Victorian house had, you know, they had a seance and it brought all these spirits. So it's really embedded in our historical consciousness that the 19th century had an interest in the occult and whatnot. And I think that's because the 19th century views of death, I think they had better conversations about death than we do now. <laughs> so death was just kind of an accepted phase of moving forward, right? But they also had this surge of interest in the occult and mediumship. And I think that's because people were traveling a little bit more and getting exposed to other cultures. So like Egyptian artifacts were coming into Victorian London and whatnot. And people were interested in, you know, the Egyptians' views of the afterlife and communication and spiritualism. So I think it was kind of this intersection of a couple things happening in history that led to this point of having this deep interest in spirituality and spiritualism. So back then it was really popular to host a seance and communicate with the dead. (laughs) And so I believe they were gifted mediums during that time because socially it was a little bit more acceptable to be a medium and communicate with the dead because it was essentially, you know, a parlor game and it was something that a lot of people did and it was something that was considered fun and exciting. So 
I truly believe there were gifted mediums during this time. However, there were mediums, quote, <laughs> who used stage magic tricks to give the illusion of mediumship. So there's a lot of dialogue and there's a lot of books written about this point of history, which is really interesting about mediumship in the 19th century and how a lot of mediums were found out to be frauds. And so I think this was a point in shaping negative stereotypes and views of psychics and mediumship. I think we're healing a little bit from that. I think with shows like um, Teresa Caputo and uh, Tyler, I believe his last name is Henry, you know, things like that. I think our social consciousness is kind of softening to the idea of mediumship, but there's still is, I think, you know, some negative viewpoints, some negative stereotypes. So we still have a lot of work to do to heal from that. So the next question, what is the point of mediumship? Why would someone seek a medium? In my experience in doing readings for clients, it's comfort. Death is such an absolute. And I think we struggle with the possibility of nothingness. And that our loved ones are nothing but memories after they pass. And I think that thought magnifies our own humanity and mortality and can cause some significant existential fear and anxiety. From my perspective and the law of thermodynamics, energy is never destroyed. From the work that I do, I know our souls do not evaporate into nothingness. I hope that can provide some comfort, but as humans, we do need to process through those yucky existential pieces to have the full human experience. We do need to have anxiety about death. We do need to think about it as an absolute. We do need to think about death as a construct and what it means for us. But I also want to empower everyone that we don't evaporate into nothingness, but we do have to have the full experience in experiencing that fear and anxiety. So it's comfort and it's validation and confirmation that our loved ones, pets included, are with us and cheering us on. It's that emotional release and boost that they're always with us and that we're surrounded by love and support. I think it is also important to acknowledge that a lot of people are uncomfortable with mediumship and that's okay. I have some clients that... Um, prefer the what I'll call psychic aspect of a reading and the mediumship part, they don't, they don't want it. And that's okay. I will always tell everyone, take what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. Mediumship is not everyone's cup of tea. And I can understand why it seems scary or even why it seems wrong in some ways. I just want to uplift if that is where you stand. That's okay. Take what works and leave the rest behind. So how can mediumship manifest? What does it look like? It can come in a wide variety of ways. It can be mental mediumship where the person sees and hears the spirit. And that can be tied in with like clairvoyance or psychic ability. Trance mediumship where the medium must be in a semi-meditative state to relay messages, but they are conscious. You might hear some people call themselves a light trance medium, meaning they disconnect 
They're in a semi-meditative state, but they're still fully conscious. Channeling is a more fully meditative state. And it's more like the person, people who are known to be channelers tend to disappear. And then that spirit or energy kind of takes over their body. And then they come out of it and share the experience that they had channeling that entity. So those are probably the main ways it can manifest. I would say most people probably fall in the mental medium or I would say a light trance medium. But intuition is such an elusive and esoteric thing. It can manifest in a wide variety of ways. Your natural psychic abilities can invoke mediumship. So I think people look at mediums like famous ones like Teresa Caputo, who is amazing, and think that that's the only way to be a medium. And I think for Teresa in her own experience has shared that the way it manifests for her is it's more like she hears things and it's a conversation and she's being told things directly. And so that's the perception of what a medium is. And that's not true. It can manifest in several different ways. So for some people, it might be you get signs or symbols, or it might come up as, you know, just something in your head. And it may not be an auditory thing. It's just something in your head or something that you feel. And so I want to empower you that it manifests in several different ways. And in my experience doing readings, it depends on the spiritual energy too. I have had readings where it is a full-on auditory conversation, experience. And then to find out that that person in their waking life was a bit of a chatty Kathy. I've had other experiences where I'm just shown images and it validates to the person I'm reading for that that is the person they want to connect with, but it's coming more so in images. And then they'll share, well, yes, that's my you know grandmother. She was very quiet in real life. So you have to understand that the spiritual energy can be different. It can manifest in different ways. And like I shared, I've been doing readings for a long time and it can be all over the place with the mediumship part. It can absolutely be all over the place. So how do we start cultivating these skills? Number one, this is paramount. If you take anything from this conversation, I want you to take this, not just for mediumship, but for anything. Trust yourself. Trust the messages you receive as truth. Trust that you are an intuitive being. Trust that you are a medium. Just trust yourself. I think that can be the toughest part with this is that we, our logical mind can overthink, right? And in our society, I think we're trained more to think with our logical mind and our mental mind, and we don't always tap into our intuitive gifts. And so it can be hard to trust what you see, feel, hear, smell even as truth. So I want to empower you to accept it as a truth. So onto some more concrete steps of how to kind of open yourself up as a medium. Step number one, cleanse your energy and make sure you feel like you're in a good emotional and mental space 
to have this session, we'll call it. This can You can sage, you can meditate, you can do a chakra cleanse, whatever works best for you. And start with that and make sure you're in a good place and that you're open and willing to receive messages. Step two, to practice, I recommend having a picture of a loved one, human or a pet, that has passed on. Picture yourself breathing in white light, exhaling white light. Step three, say some sort of mantra or prayer. It can be as simple as, you know what? I'm open. I'm ready. Give me messages. (laughs) Or it can be more um, spiritual. And you can say something like, I am one with spirit and spirit is one with me. I am open to the gifts of spirit in all ways. And I'm open to receiving messages. And you can say, I'm open to receiving messages from the name of the person or the pet of the picture that you have. It can be whatever you want. You can say it out loud. You can say it to yourself mentally. So just as long as I feel you say something that I am open, I think that is a key part to this and alerting the spiritual energy that's already around you that you're open for business essentially. So step four, let it flow. This is a practice. And it may very well be that the first time you do this, nothing happens. And I don't want you to get frustrated or discouraged. This takes time. It is a practice because you're shifting the way you think. And that takes time because for the most part, you spend most of your life thinking from your logical part of your brain. So this is an exercise. It's like going to the gym. You're training your intuition. Let it flow. See what comes up and keep a journal nearby to jot anything that did come up. You can jot it down. And see, you know, what it means later. Or if there is, you know, more imagery, you can Google what it means. Things like that. Step five. I think this is also a very important step. When you feel ready to be done, thank the spirit or spirits and release them and close the session. I think for your own energy, that's important. I'll be honest, I'm not great about doing this. And that means the energy can kind of stick behind, you know, when energy knows that you're ready to receive messages, (laughs) they can get really excited that somebody's ready to listen to them and hear them. So they can kind of hang out. They will hang out in your energy and that's fine. But I think it's great to close the session and release them for your own energy. And so it doesn't cause a drain to your energy. And I need to be better about doing that myself. But I think it's key to release things so it doesn't hang on to your energy for so long and start draining your energy, especially while you're trying to cultivate your intuition and your own mediumship skills. So this is certainly a practice. And again, I don't want you to feel discouraged if the first time you do it, nothing comes up. Because the reality is you're building a bridge between our world and the spiritual world. And it can take a little time to build that bridge. It is definitely a process. So I do want to touch a little bit on ethics. I am big on ethics, especially with 
esoteric material, and since this work directly impacts the emotions of others. So mediumship, as we've already discussed, can be very sensitive. And when you're doing these practice sessions, you might have, you know, somebody come up that's like, okay, that's my best friend's, you know, grandmother who passed away with messages. You can always take those messages and you might feel compelled to share the information. But the reality is sometimes people don't want to know and we have to honor their choice. If you have a spirit communicating with you and it's directing you to share something, or if you just feel compelled to share something, please gain a person's consent before you share. It can be an awkward conversation, but you can share that you had an experience and you're open to sharing it if the other person's open to receiving and highlight that they can take some time to think about it. Getting consent is key here because with this work, I think we have, we have a strong responsibility of stewards of, you know, intuition and the spiritual world. We have an obligation to take care of people and their emotions with this. And you are not letting the spirit down or anything like that. I would say spirits are kind of all over the place. And if that is the case, you're not letting that spirit down. They're just going to have to think creatively about how to tap into that person's intuition that they're trying to connect with and pass their messages along directly. So you are not letting anyone down. They will understand, but please, please make sure to tread carefully with consent and the ethical pieces of this work. And I would love to have a conversation in the future about uh, ethics, just with owning a spiritual business and doing this type of work because it's just so important. It is so important to be stewards of other people and their emotions. So I just wanted to highlight and uplift that there is an ethical piece to this, and I hope you all honor that. But I hope you all have a fabulous week. And once again, I'm so grateful for you spending a little bit of your time with me. I know we all have a lot of responsibilities. Things are always chaotic, so I'm really grateful for those of you who choose to spend a little bit of your time with me. So again, I hope you have a fabulous week and I will be posting, um, a bonus podcast on the new moon that is coming up on the 11th. I'm really excited for that new moon. I, I just love new moons. I don't know about y'all, but I just love them. I just love that sense of like a restart, reset, refresh. It's just so empowering. So I'm really excited to do that and get it up for y'all to listen to. Um, but I hope you have a fabulous week and take care of yourself. Take care of others as well. Bye.